September 2nd, 2020. I am GB. Got Coop and Brian on the lines. This is the Sports Counterpoints podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's hey, good. Football go- going on. Basketball going on. We had a game seven just in. Uh, it's uh, still a little sports going on, even with all the, the COVID craziness. So today's episode, we'll be talking about the NFL uh, your NFL division review, as well as some fantasy football news. Anybody who didn't listen last year, there was some some game-changing tips on here. And that's blockbuster-type events um, as far as fantasy football predictions are going. I know I, I came in way higher than I probably would have because of your predictions, so I always look forward to that. So, yeah, let's get into it. NFL by division review. Coop, let's kind of break it down. You want to go weakest to best NFL divisions or do I have no, it backwards? Best, best, best to weakest. Best to worst. Okay, so we'll go by division. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that. Yeah, let's get to it. So, yeah, kick us off. All man. right. So, the best division in football going with the NFC West. I wonder why. Uh, the team, <laughs> team I got coming in last place in the NFC West, which is pretty good for a last place team, is the LA Rams. Um, no Arizona. Uh, no Arizona. LA Rams, man. You got. Golf counting thirty six million against the cap. You got Gurley counting twenty million against the cap and dead money, and he's not even on the team. It's how bad they want to get rid of him because if they would have let him go next year, it'd been only eight million. Uh, golf, you know, you guys both know I've talked about it. You know, doing both preview shows the last couple of years. I'm not a golf guy, never have been. I had him rated as my twenty third best quarterback last year, and I looked at a uh, total QBR. I know that's a stat that Brian likes. I'm not in the quarterback rating, but that's the best one that's out. It's kind of flawed, but it's the best one that's out. And he was ranked 23rd in the league last year. Also, he was the lowest rated quarterback in the NFL when forced to regress past his first read. Meaning oh, if his first read wasn't open, he was pretty bad at finding the second, third, and fourth guys. Yikes. That's the reason why I have the Rams coming in last. A lot of people were on, were on Sean McVay. I wasn't, and the reason why is because I think his offense – revolves around a workhorse horse running back, which he does not have. Their over-unders eight and a half. I have them winning uh, seven games this year, and I think that's pretty generous. I want to go six and ten, but I'm going to say seven and nine. Uh, in third place, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, just because uh, the Rams can't really field a full team is really the only reason why I'm picking Arizona. I'm not really a buyer on Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. Um, Kenyon Drake looks like for all you guys who play fantasy, I think he's going to get his position snatched by Chase Edmonds because Kingsbury has been raving about him uh, throughout this whole training camp. Um, Murray, uh, for guys who are going to take Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray, and you know, and want to take handcuff, not handcuff, but also take DeAndre Hopkins, just letting you know for fantasy. Since 2010, 45 teams have had a quarterback with at least 65 rushing attempts, and none of them had a top 10 fantasy wide receiver or running back from the same and running back from the same team. So I kind of be wary of taking DeAndre Hopkins or Kenyon Drake on this team because since he runs, Ken, uh, Murray runs a lot, he doesn't dump it off or pass it too much. So you might want to watch that if you're playing fantasy. Second place team, I have the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks last year's defense just wasn't good. They're actually they were the fourth team in the 16-game schedule era to finish 11-5 and five or better while giving up 24.5 points per game or more. 
Um, they got Jamal Adams for the Jets, who's a good player, but I don't think he's going to help that defense too much because Seattle doesn't have a pass rush. And I think they also got him trying to stop Kittle, which he won't be able to do. Uh, Jamal Adams is more of a in-the-box safety, not a cover guy, so I don't think he's going to help much uh, being on Seattle. And the number one team in the division, not because of my team, I just think it's the best overall team in the division, is San Francisco. Uh, when you talk San Francisco, it's like you have to talk Jimmy G. So I guess I have to talk Jimmy G. Um, Shanahan's record with them is 23-6, and six, which is the best winning percentage in NFL history. Uh, last year, he had four fourth-quarter comebacks, tied for first in NFL with 16 touchdowns in the red zone, and was top five in the league in completion percentage touchdowns and large for attempt. For those people who still doubt how good Jimmy G is as a quarterback, I'm just going to give you a couple things. Number one, he first got there, he went 5-0, and and he had worse weapons than Cap and Bang Gabbard. And people say, didn't matter, 5-0, and what is he going to do next year? Well, the following year, he got hurt. So people then said he can't last a full season, he won't beat the Rams. Well, the Rams have never beaten the 49ers with Jimmy G as quarterback. Also, he said he can't carry a team, but he carried the team the first five games with the Niners and also carried the team against Arizona two games last year in New Orleans. Then they said, well, wait till he plays Green Bay, Baltimore, and New Orleans. Beat Green Bay twice. Beat uh, Last second field goal, lost to Baltimore, and went to New Orleans, won a shootout against Drew Brees. So the guy can actually play because he outplayed Mahomes in the Super Bowl for three quarters. Mahomes was great in the fourth quarter. Busted coverage by 49ers. Kansas City wins the game, and people want to blame that one bad throw on Jimmy G, which they can, but that doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. I think the 49ers have something this year. I don't, I'm not worried about the Super Bowl hangover because these guys are pretty mad that they lost last year. They don't have their heads down. They just want revenge. And that's what you kind of want to see after you blow a Super Bowl like that. So I don't think they're going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I have them going 12-4 and four because their schedule is pretty workable. And being that they play the AFC East, there's only one real team in that division now. It's Buffalo. So I think the 49ers will be all right next year. But that's how I got the NFC West broken down. But you be. All right, so I, I see things actually a lot different than you in this one. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. So I have the Rams and the Cardinals actually both equally at the bottom in eight and eight. Um, let me just talk starting by with the Cardinals. You know, I actually think the Cardinals are going to become a much better team. I just don't think they're there yet. I do think DeAndre Hopkins actually adds a whole lot, and I do think that there's going to be a connection with Kyler Murray. So I understand the stat that you gave and, and it, look, it, I, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying there, but there are ways there, there's going to be a number of passing touchdowns and plenty of yards. Right. He threw last year for thirty seven, uh, thirty seven hundred yards. That's a lot of yards. Um, he's predicted this year to go, you know, in that three thousand yard area. He's also predicted to go um, uh, for, you know, a, a lot of passing touchdowns and a couple of rushing touchdowns. Someone's got to catch him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a machine and has some of the best hands in the history of football. So I think DeAndre Hopkins is, is, is going to be able to be a viable. Now I'm not saying he's going to be the number one fantasy uh, wide receiver. We can talk a little bit about that later. Um, but I do think that that team's going to be pretty good. They got a running back. They, they got, you know, they've got players. I, I think that they're going to start to progress in the right direction. Still have them eight at eight. Um, right next to them, on the side of them, is the Rams. A lot of what you said. Um, I actually do like Sean McVay. I think he's a smart coach. I think sometimes he 
um, it has to overthink a little bit or it does overthink a little bit. I agree with you that his, his offense depends on a, on Todd Gurley being great. This is why I only have him at, at eight and eight. Um, they also lost Brandon cooks. I think that might even be a bigger loss than Gurley who they had figured out ways to play well without, but Brandon cooks, um, you know, was a very dynamic wide receiver. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, look, they've got some pretty good guys there. Um, when Aaron uh, Donald and Jalen Ramsey, I, I think that that's obviously going to be pretty helpful, but again, in a good division with other two other teams, I think eight and eight is about as good as we can expect from either one of them. If they were in a different division, I think that you could um, possibly see uh, playoff op- opportunities for them, but they're not. Um, I, I do agree with you, Jason, that this is probably one of the stronger div- uh, divisions from beginning to end. Um, so next I have in, in second in the division, I have the 49ers. Um, it's a little bit about the Super Bowl hangover. Um, it's also a little bit about how I, I just am not convinced that the team is as good as they played last year. They played outstanding. Um, but I, I just think that that they're going to be a solid team, probably around 10 and six, you know, maybe nine and seven. I'll call it 10 and six uh, and, and, and think that they're going to go that well. But I also think that the Seattle Super Supersonics, I was about to say, Seattle Seahawks, who I have in first, are going to be a much better team. Um, Russell Wilson has continued to con- uh, raise his game. He's got Tyler Lockett. DK, DK Metcalf is, is showing um, a lot of promise. Um, they also have uh, Greg Olson now. Um, you know, they, they obviously depend on the running back and they obviously, and they obviously depend on the defense and those things are also in place. I think they were a really good team last year. I think they gave San Francisco a run of their money for the division, but obviously lost out. Um, and I think that they're going to be the the top team in the division this year. I'm not going to say, you know, all the 49ers suck or, or I don't like, um, you know, um, Garoppolo, not a huge fan of them, but the uh you know they're a good team i just think that the seahawks are on track to be a slightly better one um this season i like it i like it a lot uh i don't know how it's gonna turn out i gotta be honest with y'all like i'm enjoying the show and i'm, I'm like even taking notes but i just i still don't know like i i don't want to believe like i want to believe it but i don't know that we're actually gonna have football so I'm i'll tell like, you right now i don't think we're gonna have a full season um and <clears throat> we're not you know this was what we were gonna talk about but obviously Look, baseball, again, still has not had but one day of every game being played since the first week of the season. And when you and that's the only other sport that's outside of a bubble that we can compare it to. Every other sport is in a bubble of some sort. I just don't see how when baseball games um, are can't get go, you know, get done and they lose weeks, how you're not going to have that happen with a football game and losing just using the, the NFC West. Losing one week, oh, right? Wow. So the teams one week can change the division, yeah. and you can't make them up. You can't do double headers like you can in baseball. Um, anyways, uh, you know I'm a huge football fan, huge know, NFL fan. Um, I hope it all works out. I just have zero confidence that they it will. I also think that the NFL and their their leadership just don't have a strategy in place. That's convincing. You know, you ask them what they're going to do. They're like, we'll figure it out. Like, that's not an answer, they're, man. They're taking um, precautions at the facilities and stuff, but 
I no, see once you start traveling. They're, they're, they're going to do, do testing, but yeah. when go home they have not said, that. okay, great. When when the backup punter on the Seattle Seahawks comes down with COVID, are they going to do what baseball does and quarantine everybody and call the games off for a punter? The answer should be yes, because a punter has just as much interaction with everybody on that team as anybody else. Um, but football has given no indication uh, that they have a, a strategy and a plan. And and I think when you don't make your plans, you plan to fail, right? That's the, the big saying. So we'll see. I hope it works out. But I, I, there's, I just can't see any possible way that, they, uh, that we get there. I usually play in about 10 plus fantasy football leagues. I'm only in three. And those are all with, with close friends um, that are like I've been doing for decades um, and, and really just didn't have the heart to say no thanks. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, JB. Yeah. How you feel about the division? Um, y'all's man. I didn't. Yeah. Even, the NFC West. Bro, yeah. I never even really, I didn't think about it at all. Like, Oh, okay. I'd be just letting y'all do it. That's why I like this no, show. Gotcha. Cause I, I gotta, I get to come along for a free ride, but um, <laughs> I don't know, man, because I don't, I haven't been paying attention like I normally would before the start of a season, just because of kind of all the craziness going on and just right. focusing on other things. So I haven't really paid attention to it because part of me is like, you know, not going, I just don't, I'm like, Brian, I don't know how we have a full season. So I'm not right. kind of, I'm kind of not getting my hopes up. If that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. Same here. I'm going, I'm kind of going through the motions with my leagues. It's like, all right, we got to get this done. I'm going to do drafts. I'm going to do my research for drafts because drafting is fun. Um, you know, I actually enjoy, enjoy that as, as much as I enjoy the season. I enjoy the drafts almost as much, if not more, because of the anticipation and, you know, trying to target the players and having your sleeper lists. And, and you know, can you outsmart and, and uh, other people and build this team that you can look at and go, oh, yeah, I've got this. I'm going to win. Yeah, so you don't really um, It's the challenge, but I'm only doing a few this year. Man, yeah. la- man, last thing. This is the first time I think in years I've actually been happy with what the Fortnite did in the offseason because I still think they yeah. need to get investigated uh, for uh, stealing Trent Tampering. Williams from the Washington uh, from Washington football team, just yeah. like Baltimore should be investigated for taking Calais Campbell. But, uh, you know, getting Javon Kelly. You know, I told you guys during the draft, I did not want the Fortnite to take a receiver with the 13th pick. I think drafting wide receivers high in the first round is completely pointless. It should be probably like late first round and below, and they didn't. So I'm happy about that. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Got a lot of injuries uh, right now in training camp, as usual. But your boy, Jarek McKinnon, he's playing this year, Brian. So we'll see what happens. It's tough because I just don't know, right? But if, if I'm going for the NFC West by um, – because really what I, I am right now is all Madden. Not a, not a, it is a free shot out, but it shouldn't be because the game is in many ways terrible. So how about that? Why don't y'all fix these glit, these bugs? But anyway – if I'm on there and I'm looking at these teams, um, probably the most probably I mean, who you probably win the most games with? Well, it's tough, see, because then I got the Niners and and the uh, um, Seahawks just because of the offense and then solid defense. Niners defense adds Ken Law. You know, you got you got trustee Sherm over there. You got you know, they got players out there um, and I'm basing them on Madden seeing I haven't played with these Seahawks yet, but I like how Seahawks. I mean, they have Russell Wilson. And you have Russell Wilson, you have a chance to win every single game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and they almost did. I mean, I've been in. I was at the game last year um, when 
they won. That game was crazy. And then, like Brian said, came down to what it came down to the inches. Yeah, man. So it could have went the other way. I I forgot about that. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun battle if we have the battle, right? Um, Those teams I would want to watch play the most times. The Rams, Rams, the only thing interesting to me about them is um, what's his uh, on the line? Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald. Um, You know, you got Ramsey too. And we'll see where Ramsey goes. I think I'm hearing Ramsey's coming to Las Vegas. But the um, they're fun, and then you got the coach McVeigh who makes things fun. But I just, I just seem like it'd just be hard to win with these dudes, especially losing like one of their main linebackers to us in Littleton, and just changes over there. Um, yeah. And then the Cardinals, I don't know anything about their defense besides Peterson and Bubba Baker, right? So they picked up a lot of people, and it's not going to improve it. It's pretty much going to be the same defense. The final they, they just kept, they kind of just moved. Yeah, they did. They just kind of moved around. They filled in uh, gaps with other players right. gap fillers not not changers game changers right um so i mean if i had to rank I, i'd probably give i'll give you all the nod i'll probably give go uh, that's tough though i see why i see why i do see why brian said the seahawks though and it's not oh it's not a bad pick at all at all but I, got, I mean they got a lot of talent they, they just got a lot of pieces yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah go ahead it's tough i know I, I just think their lines I just think their defensive, their password just got weaker. I just, yeah, that's yeah it's definitely I not. Have. Yeah, it's yeah. not the Legion of Boom, right? But yeah, yeah, and that, that's, but they are. That's they have a good team, and that's, in a lot of good places. Definitely, you know? I think the Niners. I mean, watching those games, like those battles are great. But I'll give y'all the nod. You know what I mean? But I think it'll be close. Like it could go. It's flip of a coin to me. Um, with whoever's first, second, and then I think I don't know. I just I don't know. I just like I think for some reason I got that affinity toward the Rams. Crazy about the new stadium and all that, not having any fans in it. I, I feel like that would have been kind of a boost for them and interesting. Yeah. But um, the Cardinals offense Not the Chargers, fun. though. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a Raiders <laughs> stadium. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I know what I'm excited about. I'm excited to hear Brian's views on the NFC South. So that's, I want to see who he has coming first through fourth. So that's who's all next right. best division is the NFC South? Yep, NFC South. All right. Well, do you want me to go first on that one? I can. Yeah, yeah go ahead. All, all right, right. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right, at the back of the pack, I got the Carolina Panthers somewhere around five and eleven. Oh, even with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I, look, I love Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he's a great player. But you got to have players on the team, and outside of DJ Moore, what are they really doing with this team? Um, McCaffrey. I, I just it, right? don't think that they've they've built it. It's like when he took over a very good New Orleans team, and he was able to use the talent yeah. that they have. I don't know that they have enough. Yes, Chris McCaffrey is going to carry the ball a lot. I think that they're and, – and I think DJ Moore is solid. But there's nobody on this team that is is going to be able to put the mantle on their back. Like McCaffrey has been a great fantasy football player, but he has not been the guy that Adrian Peterson was, by example, when he first came out and was just running over people. You're like, give the ball to Adrian Peterson. He's going to win the game. You know, McCaffrey is a great He's fantasy nice. football player, a great player on a team, he but he is all. not the guy that you build a team around, in my opinion, and are certain you're going to win. And that's, that's like, it sounds like a knock. It's not. There yeah, are there's... some people who are just bigger, stronger, faster, and they're going to run over people. And then there's people like McCaffrey who are faster and they're going to run around people and they're going to be super efficient. And, and you absolutely want them on your fantasy football team. And sure, if they have a PPR league, but you're not exactly like going, oh, that's the guy who's going to win um, a, a football, you know, an NFL championship like that. I, I don't think that they're there. 
Um, I'm going to watch a lot of games because I really, really want Teddy Bridgewater to be successful. Not the first um, game. And though. I think even at five or six wins, he has been successful. He has been, he's given, he's not given much and he's given in a pretty tough division. Um, you know, as Jason has declared this, the second best division in football. Um, and I, I can understand why, but I just don't think that they have the right pieces and, and it's all going to come together for them this year. Um, hey, uh, real quick, keep doing what you're, what you're doing. I like what you guys are both on. I think it's cool to hear like your fantasy. I don't know if you guys can do this, but as you're going through the divisions, you're saying the team. So if you can kind of give the fantasy notes, it's kind of a cool blend. Cool. If you're in an auction league and you need a dollar quarterback um, as a backup quarterback with some with some consistency, somebody who's going to get you um, not a lot of picks. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that you could look look for uh, super late in auction drafts in in uh, standard drafts. I, I seriously doubt that you need to draft him. Um, he's likely going to be on the waiver wire for a bye week fill in for sure. Um, but uh, he's a you know he's a guy he's got he's got some consistency. Um, he doesn't play bad. He may not play really good, but he's, you, even if you look back at Minnesota, um, if you look back what he did last year, yeah, they had some um, games in Minnesota. You know his games. If you need a bye week replacement and you need 15 points, fantasy points, he'll get it for you. You know he may not get you the 25, or depending on how your scoring works, you know these really big numbers. But he's pretty, uh, he's pretty, pretty, pretty decent there. All right. Um, next, I have the Falcons. Um, and uh, that's not a huge knock on them. You know, I put them somewhere around the eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, but I'll call it eight and eight. Um, I, I just, Matt Ryan is a great fantasy football quarterback because you know he's going to chuck the ball a ton. He's got probably one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Yep. And certainly the one of the ones with the most miraculous hands. I mean, if you put the ball anywhere in, in 15 yards in either direction, there's a there's a good chance that 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 Jones is going to get to that ball and catch it, um, and I actually think going to the fantasy football portion of this, um, Todd Gurley is going to be kind of severely oh, overlooked. That's right. He's and, over there. That's right. Um, and I think from a fantasy football perspective, you have to remember you do not care if he plays in the playoffs. Um, and I have every confidence that the Falcons, because of the deal that they gave for them, plan on running Todd Gurley into the ground. Damn. And if he gets hurt, they move on, and it's not a big deal. Um, it's not like the Rams who had invested a lot in the future of Todd Gurley being successful. That's great as a fantasy football player. In the beginning of the season, you're probably going to get a lot of carries from someone who – when, when getting lots of carries is very dynamic. He was always great in the second half. Anyways, that to be said that I just don't think that the, the, the Falcons um, are going to be able to keep up with some of the other better teams in this division. Um, I just think that they, they're at a point where they've kind of crest, crested as far as their arc. Um, you know, I don't think anybody is going to is thinking that they're going to be making a deep run into the playoffs um, so eight and eight, nine and seven, but I'll call it eight and eight for the let's take a conversation. If you're going to quote me later, um, I think the Falcons are, 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 you know, going to be the third team in there next. I have the saints. Um, so I think the saints run oh, at division wow. titles is probably going to end at three. Um, but they're so talented and drew Brees is so good at playing football. Uh, I told you last year that 
that I thought Drew Brees was going to fall off a little bit. Um, and he did, but not nearly as much as I thought he would have. And he played, um, you know, still a great fantasy football quarterback. I still probably wouldn't draft him um, super early like a lot of people would have a couple of years ago. Um, but they have, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. They have Alvin Kamara, who might get traded. Um, you know, they, they, they there's a lot of reasons why this team regresses. When you have when you have a lot going on, when your star running back is thinking about the future and not thinking about what he can do on the field for the team, um, that impact that has an impact, and it usually shows itself in the form of wins. Uh, and and what's going on with Alvin Kamara? And now the rumors circulating that they might even try and trade him, and you know that is not good um, for a team that's thinking about championships. And I don't really know that they are anymore. I think they're they're thinking about making sure that Drew Brees looks good in his final couple of years. So that leads me to number one. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't give a number. I have the New Orleans Saints at either ten and six, at eleven and five. I'm going to be more optimistic with this team because I think that they have a lot of talent. So I'm going to call it eleven and five. Um, but I would not be surprised if the if things don't start well, if they just blow up the team and trade Alvin Kamara and and end up you know nine and seven or someplace else. But I'm gonna call it eleven and five, um, and and hope hope I'm right. Um, number one, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. This is a team that is all in today. They just you know traded for um, Leonard Fournette. Guy. For he got cut. Uh, yeah, for, he got released. Fournette. They gave him a super incentive laden deal. Yeah, he got and released. That's only worth three and a half million, um, uh, you know, guaranteed. Uh, which tells me this: they plan on giving him the ball. And so, for all the people who have already drafted and went and drafted uh, Jones the second, thinking that it was finally going to be his year, he's going to get all. There was nobody else, you know, other than the rookie, and it was going to it was going to be his. You, you know, you might want to start looking to trades to whoever has Fournette as, as a handcuff, but um, they've gone all in, you know, they've, 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 they've gotten Dominican Sue. They brought in Gronkowski. They already have two of the best receivers in the game and good uh, and got Goodwin and Evans. They brought in Brady and they're doing everything they can. This reminds me a lot of what Denver did when Peyton Manning came over there. And whether it was good ideas or bad ideas, they were just throwing every idea against the wall. They're going to put anything they can. They're going to trade their 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 uh, their picks for the future, and they're going to say, you know what? For the next two to three seasons, while we have Tom Brady here, we're going to try and give it our all. Um, that Brady guy, for whatever reason, has not regressed very much at all as the ability and his ability to be, play good NFL football. He's regressed a little bit. On the um, on the fantasy side, he's more of a backup quarterback than your weekly starting quarterback. But I think that the uh, the Buccaneers are going to be the number one in that division, and I have them at twelve and four. Um, Jason, where do you got everybody? Wow, the Bucks winning it all in the first season okay. with Brady. What? Oh, well, okay. The all division, right. not the, the, division, not the Super I mean, Bowl. We haven't gotten that. I mean, part. not at all. But you know what I'm saying? Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, in last place, I'm like you. I got. Carolina, but I got to give it up to Teddy Bridgewater. I know that's your boy. I got to give it up to him. Love the guy, four, yeah. four years ago, almost to this date, he missed what two years of football. Was the Jets back up? Saints back up? Went five and zero in 2019 with the uh, Saints as a, as a backup as to the starter, 
And then he signs a $63 million contract as the Panthers franchise quarterback. Didn't see love it. none of that coming. Yeah, I like Bridgewater. Um, I don't think he's as good as the 5-0 record he had in New Orleans. Uh, the stats, the QBR wasn't there. He's pretty slightly below average, but he did what he needed to do. He beat Dallas. He won at Seattle. He won at Chicago. He makes good decisions. He's a solid middle-of-the-road quarterback and a high-character guy, which I think the coach, uh, Matt Rule, new coach from Baylor, uh, who now coaches Carolina Panthers, I think that's what he was looking for. He, I'm, he's not a drama guy, which is why you know it's easy to see why Cam is not there anymore. Um, I think this team has just enough to compete and a decent quarterback to kind of keep the fans engaged. But this is a rebuilding job, which is why you know I was surprised they gave uh, Bridgewater uh, that money. Uh, Joe Brady, you guys probably don't know who he is, but Joe Brady was the NFL passing game. Well, he was the, I'm sorry, the passing game coordinator for LSU last year and helped Joe Burrow stole for 60 touchdowns last year. He is now with the Carolina Panthers. And I like the addition of Robbie Anderson that they got from the wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, that they got from the Jets as well. Speed guy. Uh, the new coach, Matt Rule, kind of figured out I didn't out even know he was there. The What's that? I told in our fantasy league, I told Brian, give me uh, Robbie Anderson as my keeper, bro. I still thought he was on the Jets, but carry on. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's with Carolina now. And uh, new coach, Matt Rule, he kind of figured out what was wrong with this team. It was defense. Every draft pick they made this year, it was all defense. So he re- it, feels, so it feels like a rebuild, rebuilding job here. They ushered out the veterans, Cam and Greg Olsen, out the door, gave Bridgewater money, re-up McCaffrey big money. And it just feels like they're making short-term moves, but, you know, it's like a long-term build. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they're still going to come in last place in this division. Uh, in third place, I got Atlanta. Um, the over-under for Atlanta in wins is 7.5. I got them going 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Last year, they started 1-7. You probably know this. I think he was a fantasy football quarterback, Brian. But last year, they started 1-7, giving up 31 points a game. Then they finished the season 6-2, and two, giving up 18 points a game. The reason why they went six and two and gave up less points, the coach Quinn stopped calling the defensive plays. They did something that I've never seen in my life ever. They had multiple guys calling the defense depending on the situation. They even had yeah, a, it was weird. Yeah, they even had a guy Raheem Morris move from offense to the def- uh, to the defense and call certain plays. Um, but the reason I have them going eight and eight, I think it's kind of because their schedule is kind of brutal and. Um, there's a prop uh, for Ty Gurley uh, in Vegas of 875 yards. I would definitely take that under. I don't think Gurley is going to come close to 875 yards uh, rushing for them. See, and here's what's funny. I would take the over. Oh, uh, yeah, right. So we might have to have a dollar bet on that, like in trading places. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, in, third, in, in second place, uh, I have Tampa Bay. The only reason why is because this is a new playbook for Brady. I mean, a slant route is a slant route. We all know that. And a go route is a go route. But the terminology is different. So this is the first time that Brady has to learn new terminology. Because of this, I think the defense will be the story for Tampa Bay the first few weeks. And then as the season progresses, the offense will get better, which is why I have New Orleans coming in first, because they pretty much have the same, you know, everything, coordinator, play caller, whatever you have, same team coming back. So I have New Orleans coming in first. Um I, you know, a lot of people like to pick New Orleans to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why, uh, because they consistently lose big games at home all the time. They lost last year to San Francisco, coming off the 
Baltimore lost. They lost to Minnesota at home in the playoffs. They lost to the Rams the year before. I mean, they're always losing big games at home. And Drew Brees was it has only an eight and seven playoff record. But here's the thing about New Orleans I don't like, which is I, I really don't like them going Super Bowl next year, is that I think this is going to be the regression year for Brees. Um, after week 16 uh, last year, week 16 on last year, he was barely an average quarterback. Um, I just think it being, I think he's 42 or 43 or something like that. I just think this is the year that he goes down and I can see another first round playoff exit um, this year. I think Tampa Bay will go farther in the playoffs than New Orleans, but I think New Orleans will win division solely on the fact that they still have, you know, pretty much everybody coming back. So they're not, they're not going to miss a beat. Breeze is 41 years old, 41, um, okay. but he's, you know, still up there. I, I, I understand the, the regression 41, uh, idea. That's, that's why I had them at second, as I was saying, right. I think they're, right. they're super talented. Um, so here is something that I was thinking about. The Tampa Bay schedule starts with an opener against the saints. That's a huge game. Yes, it is. Um, and I'll tell you right now, it's weird to say that one of the first games that you play has huge playoff implications, but we just both picked the Saints and the Buccaneers finishing within a game of each other in one, two, yeah. right? So, and so that game is going to be huge. Then they play the Panthers, Bucks play the Panthers, right? I'm going to guess they're going to win that game. Yeah. So one, one, one way or the other, they're going to, you know, either going to win or they lose the Bucs, uh, the, the game against the Saints. And uh, let's just call it a loss and, and, and say that they're still getting used to it. But so you call it 0-1. But then they have the, the Panthers, they have the Broncos, they have the Chargers, and they have the Bears. And the next four weeks, it's hard for me to see how as they're allowing Brady to get better, they also have four cupcake teams. Right. We'll talk about those teams a little bit more later, mm -hmm. but I don't think we think even Brady trying to figure out a new playbook is going to get beat by the Panthers, the Chargers and the Bears. Um, so that's there's that. So I, I, I think a little the schedule has a little bit to do with why um, I, I agree with you that it's going to you know take a little bit to figure out everything and get the timing uh, plays down. But you know Brady's pretty good at that. He's he's used to playing with different wide receivers and and weird personnel and different personnel. Um, and, you know, they've never had anything consistent going in new England. So if anybody can do it, I think it's Brady. And I think that the schedule allows, gives them four games in a row where you can figure some things out and still win football games before he gets like the Packers. And, um, you know, they got the Raiders uh, at some point, you know, in, in Las Vegas, Yeah. then the giants, then it's back yeah. to the Saints. But there's a lot of games that they can win early. And I'm not picking on the Raiders or the Giants or any of these other teams. I just think that those are games that are winnable even at um, even while you're trying to figure out new playbooks and new teams. I don't, man, I, I just as you say this each thing, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to travel here. Then they're going to travel over there and they're going to play game, the closest process, possible <laughs> physical game you can play. And there's going to be no issues. I just don't see how it's going to work, but I hope it does. I would like to see these games. Oh right. yeah, man. So I got I got Tampa losing like six games this year. I, I don't I'm not sure how Brady's going to hold up for the entire season. And also there might be in play calling as well. I'm interested in the play how they because Arian likes to throw the ball down the field a lot. And you're not gonna be able to do that with Brady too much. You're not gonna throw the ball down the field for an entire half of a game. You gotta you gotta so, man. I'm not sure how that's gonna work out, but uh, but they're a good team, in, in Brady's defense, and it's not you know, I'm not 
you know, I'm not trying to espouse the, re- the rise of Brady again. When he has had downhill field threats, he has used them. And he has never, you know, he has Evans and he has Godwin. And as long as he's built confidence in them, Brady doesn't like picks. So as long as he has confidence <clears throat> that those players will fight to make sure that he doesn't get a pick, he'll give them shots. And I'm sure he's pulled them. As, I, I'm guessing if I were a veteran quarterback, I would pull my top wide receivers aside and said, look, here's my philosophy on this. If I think that you're going to give up on the ball, which certain wide receivers always do, when I, when I don't hit the, the, hit the route perfectly and it's going to cost me a pick or an interception, you're dead to me, <laughs> period. Yeah. You've got to fight for me. And I think that Brady has the cachet and two really talented wide receivers in Godwin and, uh, um, and Evans to at least, you know, at least give them a shot. I, I, I hear you though. Um, the injury stuff is, is also like, I can't predict injuries, but you know, um, Obviously, a older um, player like Brady is someone that you, it, you have to worry about. Yeah, I, I think they said no, but I think he's 43, right? Uh, I, I don't know how old he yeah, is. Yeah, I think they said nobody who's like 42 or 43 has ever played more than nine games. But also that offensive line is not the best. It's not terrible, but it's not great as well. It's about average, and they just added a rookie. Uh, this year on there, so no, no, it's it's a Tampa Bay. I'm definitely going to watch them. It's interesting. Yeah, have you ever used the Sports Injury Predictor website? It's it's no. more for fun, but it it it's it, it's it's interesting. It, it takes into account style of play, you know, projected missed games, all these kind of things. And surprisingly enough, um, Tom Brady is not you know not at the top. I, I, I'll at some point in time I'll tell you who's at the top. Um, as part of our conversation, but uh, yeah, you would, you would think Tom Brady might be a little bit higher than he is. Oddly enough, the person with the low, we'll also talk about that at some point in time is also one that, that would be is a little surprising. So anyways, um, but Tom Brady is not anywhere near the top of, of the sports injury prediction um, websites, predictions for injuries this year. Where that next, next division. Yep. AFC North. Um, Third best division in football. Uh, in last place, I think everybody in the world has this one. It's Cincinnati. Uh, this team is just bad. Uh, they were 0-8 uh, in games decided by one score last year. And uh, I remember I also said last year, I'm not high. I think that they have the worst coaching staff in the league, um, Zach Taylor, and it's whoever he has on the staff. I just think they're terrible. Um, the whole Joe Burrow thing is pretty much getting on my damn nerves. You got people comparing him to Brady. I've heard some people, these people who play in the NFL, uh, comparing him to Brady, Manning, Montana. Kurt Warner compared him to himself, and Boomer Esiason compared him to LeBron. I think all these They're all quarterbacks. Gotten, they've gotten crazy as they've gotten older. Um, LSU had 14 players drafted this year, and they have the best wide receiver and cornerback, West wide receiver and corner, that's not draft eligible playing at LSU. Um, so Burrow just had everything and I mentioned Joe Brady earlier uh Burrow went from throwing 16 touchdowns from his, in his junior year to 60 I mean he he's going to the total opposite situation you know in Cincinnati he has to go against the Ravens Steelers and Browns defensive lines and if you look at Cincinnati's schedule it is brutal brutal he's going to get sacked 40 to 50 50 times he's gonna feel like David Carr pretty much um when he was with the Houston Texans uh AJ Green he's 31 um 
you know, AJ Green, he hasn't played a game since 2018. And when he, in 2018, he only played nine games. And we've all seen the story when veteran wide receivers have lower body injuries. They never fully recover and return to form. Like Dez Bryant, like Doug Baldwin, like so many others. Um, thing is, when he did play also, he got most of his fantasy points. 67% of his fantasy points in 2018 came from the slot. Well, Tyler Boyd plays the, stop, it plays the slot now, which means A.J. Green is going to be on the outside. And he already has a, had a hamstring injury so far in training camp. So I would stay away from A.J. Green in fantasy. Uh, the over-under is five and a half wins. For Cincinnati, I've already bet the under. Uh, you know, with Burrow taking all them sacks and the team's just not good and the coaching staff's not that good. I just, you know, Cincinnati's just not good. Uh, and third, surprisingly, because I, like I like the head coach. I like Mike Tomlin, man, but I just don't trust the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ben can't carry this team, and uh, he admitted he doesn't really work out too much in the offseason, which is why he looks like he's not in the best shape in the world. Um, you know, he's going to put up some stats or whatever, but Ben's getting older, and Pittsburgh is sort of going down. It's like a new big dog in town in the division. So I think Pittsburgh is going to be in a third place with 7-9 record. But there is a guy in fantasy, that a sleeper guy, who people should keep an eye on. That's Deontay Johnson wide receiver. Uh, he played well in the second half of last year, and I think Ben's going to look for him early and often this year. Uh, in second place, a team I pretty much dogged last year is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, their new coach, I like it. Uh, it's not Terry Bathroom or Terry Kitchens, whatever his name was. It's Kevin Stefanski from the Minnesota Vikings. This guy, Stefanski, has gotten to the playoffs with Gus Farratt, Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater. He got them all to the playoffs with those guys. So the success of this team is going to depend on Baker Mayfield. I believe Stefanski is going to simplify things with Mayfield and have him not do too much and pretty much rely on Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, you take out the four games against the Bengals, who had the worst defense in the NFL last year and two years ago had the worst defense in NFL history. Baker is 9-16 and 16 as a starting quarterback. 39 touchdowns and 30 picks. That doesn't look like a number one overall pick to me. Um, if he struggles, he's going to be gone like Trubisky. You know, they're going to be finding new teams. And a, a disturbing stat for people who love Baker Mayfield, he had 15 interceptions last year from a clean pocket, which means there was no pressure whatsoever. He still threw 15 picks. That was second only to... Jameis Winston, who had 16. Uh, Cleveland has a workable schedule, and I believe they'll make the playoffs this year. Uh, in first place, you know, got to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I like Lamar Jackson, but for different reasons than everybody else does. Uh, I know he's fast. I know he can run. But you never heard of old running quarterbacks in NFL because they don't exist. Um, I like Lamar because he admits that he listens to his critics, and sometimes they're right. So he works to get better. I just love the fact that he keeps working and working to get better. Um, he also admitted, though, that uh, a couple weeks ago, he admitted that they overlooked the Tennessee Titans, which I don't like because Lamar has never won a playoff game. So he shouldn't overlook anybody. Um, Baltimore, still the class of the division. Their schedule is very, very favorable. All of their games are in the eastern or central time zone. The furthest that they travel the entire season is Texas. So, you know, they're, that's good. Another advantage they have is with limited training camps and no preseason games, teams still are going to have a hard time stopping Lamar Jackson. Usually in year two, 
of a quarterback. They, you know, the, the other defensive coordinators, they get film and they try to make the young quarterbacks prove that they can do something else besides what made them successful in year one. So I think Lamar can do exactly the same thing he did last year and doesn't have to develop too much as a passer and still be very successful. Now, for those who play fantasy, just to let you know, Baltimore just added another running back. So now there's four running backs on the roster. So you're playing with fire if you're starting one of these guys, one of these four guys in your fantasy league, because he might not get carries that week. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he had he was uh, number one in the league in touchdown passes. I'm be honest with you. I didn't know that he was number one league in touchdown passes. And he was but he was 26 in attempts. So he didn't pass much. But when he did, he made it count. And the whole Earl Thomas thing, lastly, I just think that's just hella funny to me. Uh, this guy was trying to do threesomes and orgies and almost got murked by his wife. You know, the Ravens cut him, he lost $10 million. He was missing meetings and he said he didn't like the way the Ravens were playing defense. It didn't suit him. And then when he missed an assignment in practice, he got into a fight with the player. And I'm just like, I think, think this guy's probably a little bit off. Um, if just you can't got, make it work with Pete Carroll and John Harbaugh, who are two of the most defensive friendly player coaches, defensive friendly, yeah, player coaches in the uh, in the league, I don't know where you go. But Dallas, to me, yeah, yeah, uh, the coach doesn't want him. He came out and said he doesn't want it, but then uh, what's the name? Jerry Jones came out and you know pretty much said they're looking at all possible avenues. So, but. That whole Earl Thomas thing is just funny to me. But, yeah, I have Baltimore coming in I first think he signed in, it with Dallas. In the division. Huh? I think Earl Thomas signed with Dallas. No, he didn't. Oh, I'm not sure. He didn't sign with anybody. Oh, maybe they were he's, pursuing him. Okay. Yeah, he's still out there. Got you. All right. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what you got? Yeah. Be what you got. All right. So we're going to differ a little bit here. Um, in, in last place, I do have the Bengals. Um, but I will say this. Uh, this is my fan, another fantasy football tip. If you're playing, if you have a rookie draft or if you have a, uh, a dynasty league where you're going to be able to keep people for perpetuity, Joe Burrow is someone that you want to take. No, I'm not saying that he's going to be a great football quarterback. I'm saying he's going to be a very good fantasy football quarterback. And the reason for that is this. Most leagues are going to take only ding you for, for minus two on an interception. They're going to give you plus six. And teams that are not good do what? They throw a lot. Um, Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green may not. One of those guys is probably not going to win the league for you. In my chart, they're in the mid-70s. I would draft A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd in the mid-70s because they're going to get a lot of looks, especially in PPR leagues, because down the stretch when they're losing, which they're going to do, they're going to be chucking the ball. And yards and you know, picks don't matter that much as long as you get yards and garbage time touchdowns. This is a team that you can easily see losing 46 to 31, knowing that they got, you know, hammered, but making the numbers look a little bit better. I think Joe Burrow is a good fantasy football uh, dynasty quarterback because of that. Um, if I had a redraft league, I'm not touching them. Um, but Joe Mixon is also a very solid running back. Um, just got a huge deal, and I think that there's enough players on offense to and good players on offense to make the offense worth wanting some level of investment in. You know, AJ Green is no longer a top three round pick, right? In in the mid seventies, you're talking about sixth, seventh, and eighth rounds. If somebody takes them in the the top three rounds and starts jumping up and down, congratulate them and and, and you know pick another uh, wide receiver and 
and then remind them later that your guy um, got more value at that pick than theirs. Um, next up, I have the Browns. I, I, I really obviously do like Kevin Stefanski's offense. I just really don't like Baker Mayfield as a person or a football uh, player. You know, I, I feel almost like uh, like Suge Knight saying, you know, kind of say F you as a label, uh, uh, you know, everything else. Um, I just I just don't think Baker Mayfield is 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 very good. I like Nick Chubb on the, the running back situation. I think he's one of the best runners of the football um, in the game right now. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, I think that he can do some pretty outstanding things. He's probably one of my favorite running backs to have. And, you know, that hunt guy is also pretty darn good. Um, so I think the running game from the, the, the Cleveland Browns has a lot of things to be positive about. Uh, I, I heard what you said, Jason. Um, I did not know the clean um, pocket stats, but it doesn't do anything but strengthen my opinion about uh, Baker Mayfield and what he is as a quarterback. Um, I can't see, I think after this season, they'll realize that he is not the franchise guy and he's, you know, he's an excited guy runs and runs his mouth as much as he runs the football. And um, ultimately he's going to be, you know, ran out of town. Next up, I have the Steelers. Um, You know, this is a team that managed to go eight and eight without Ben Roethlisberger last year, doing a who's available today. Look at the quarterback position. Um, you know, James Conner actually was a very efficient running back when he was available and playing. Um, they had some issues there, but they have, you know, a lot of talents, uh, at, at wide receiver, um, and at tight end, the defense is decent. And so I think that that gets them in there. So I, I forgot to mention, I have the Bengals somewhere around like six wins, six and 10. I have Cleveland somewhere around eight and eight. And, I, and that's more of my confidence in the running game and Stefanski than it is in, in Baker Mayfield. I have the Steelers around somewhere around 10 and six. Um, I just don't see how they can't win two games more than they won last year with most of their talent um, from last year returning, the addition of new talent and a quarterback who is, you know, not a guy who's hopping off the bus um, on game day and being told, hey, you got a jersey? Great, have a football, go play quarterback. Um, I think that's enough to get them one or two wins more than they got last season. Uh, very high on, on the Baltimore Ravens. That said, I think they have a pretty tough schedule. I still have them at 11 and five. Um, so I didn't go to the 12 and four. Um, they really only lost like one of their big vital players, right? The, the, the guy, what's his name? Um, Marshall Yanda. Um, and you know, they've reinforced the running game. They got the, the, the rookie JK Dobbins and, um, and, Lamar Jackson is outstanding for all the reasons that you mentioned, uh, Jason, the guy just continues to work to get better. Um, I thought it was, was, was very earnest for him to say, look, I now know that we, he didn't say that he overlooked them before he said it after the fact, he says, I now know that we were not doing what we needed to do to win this game. We overlooked what we, we needed to do. And I think that's again, him just being honest and saying, okay, they, they were right. You know, this is an issue that we need to work on. And I think you have him fully motivated to come back. I agree with you about the running back situation there. I think that that makes them better as a football team to have all of those options. But I also think that it may, think it makes a, a lot harder for to pick a fantasy football running back. If I were to pick one of them, I would pick Ingram 
because Ingram has the ability to run for hard yards and is likely to is, is the only one that you're reasonably certain is going to be in the picture, whether he's going to be a, a, a goal line back or, you know, a two down back or, or whatever. He has experience in all those places. They're going to have him in the mix some kind of way. Um, but they do have a lot of, of, of folks in that and there. And I have them, like I said, around 11 and five, I'm not going to go all the way to 12 and four. Um, I just think that it's a, it's tough, tough schedule for them. Um, tough as in competition, not tough as in travel schedule. Cause I know Jason, you mentioned that they, um, enjoy a, a short travel schedule, but they've got a lot of yeah. strong teams who play hard, even when teams, certain teams lose, you know, you take a beating, you leave that game having gotten a W, but feeling it for a week or two or more. They have a lot of those games in the schedule. The AFC North has a lot of those teams, the Steelers, even the Browns, um, you know, play hard. So I, I think that it's just going to be tough to get to that, that kind of that upper echelon, right? When, when you start talking about teams that are going to win 12 games, you're talking about really outstanding teams that are going to be benchmark teams for the rest of the NFL. Um, I don't think I have anybody this year or any in, in, or last year that is at that 13 wins. I think it's rare air that you have people at 12 wins. and Most people don't predict 13 wins for anybody. Um, so, you know, 11 and five is, is certainly not a um, <clears throat> saying anything too bad about them. It's just simply saying that um, they're going to, you know, be about even they're going to get into the playoffs and, and we're going to see if they can be as dynamic as they were. And, uh, and we're going to see if uh, Lamar Jackson can carry um, this team, you know, a game further. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen Cleveland's roster, man. That team is talented. Talented. No, I'm, man. I look, Jeez, that team I, is talented. But their quarterback issues, man, I don't know. Like, like, like I said, I just – I told you, I just put them at eight and eight. That's you know, yeah. that's not really a diss. That's just well, – Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's just – yeah, I, yeah, I, I just don't have the – I just don't have it. Really, any confidence in Baker? Yeah. What and What is there to like about him? Well, yeah, I'm with you. No, you know, me. I got <laughs> you more know, bad uh, last year, so yeah. So draft yeah. big mouth. You know, him first in my fantasy. Uh, not a great. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Go take him in the first round, folks. Um, <laughs> if you're playing but, in the league, it, look, Baker Mayfield is not someone I would draft at all. I wouldn't yeah. pick him up off a waiver wire for right. because you don't have any clue what he's going to do. He could play the worst team in football that week. And still shit the bed because he is just that kind of headstrong. You know, he thinks that it, that he can just do whatever and it's just going to work out and he can get mad at everybody else and he can run around and be demonstrative. And you don't want to have anything to do with him for any reason, in my yeah. opinion, because um, I, I have a, a, a theory about fantasy football and, and, and that I talk about every once in a while when we're getting into conversations, you know, when you're drafting for certain positions, you want them to pos- to be in a certain echelon every week. Yeah. And so you look at that. And so you have these you have talented players who you don't know whether it's going to be a good week or a bad week. Those are yeah. bad players to have. I would rather not have um, – I'll use Josh Allen by example. No, use Amari Cooper because I'm going to use him later. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you have to put those players in the lineup every single week to capitalize off of their three or four win uh, big weeks. Yeah. And they're going to have these huge weeks. You know, Baker Mayfield, um, they're, you know, other Josh Allen. Those are guys who do it. Now, there's a huge upside with Josh Allen. 
Um, and he, he actually places in that second tier more weeks than not um, based off of other things like running, but Baker Mayfield, it, it is, it is mediocre or average and bust. There's just, there's no high ceiling there. So, um, so I can't, I can't get uh, the Browns to, you know, nine and seven and 10 and six. So we'll get the most out of here. That. I like Any that. Thoughts, GB? Nah, I like that idea of the consistency though. Um, I don't even yeah. know. I'm, I'm a C man. Every, every, you got, it's been, been Roethlisberger really coming back. And then, like you said, the Browns are super talented, but can they put anything together? Ravens got to win it just because of that dude. And they have like one of the, uh, a lot of the teams coming back. Plus, you know, he's working on himself in the offseason. Um, so I don't know. And then the Bengals with Burrow and then we'll see. It's it's an interesting thought on that team. What about sure. the next division? So we go from AFC what AFC East? West. Yeah. Lens there we go. AFC West. There we okay. Go. Uh, I guess I want me to start this one, B. Go for it. You can pick uh, on him first. <laughs> wow. I was going to say you can start place, with the Raiders at the top. I got the Reno, right? The Truckee, the Lake Top, the Vegas Raiders in last. Like, this was team, this for the there's a lot of love for the Raiders I'm hearing on TV. And I got to tell you, I don't understand it. This team was outscored by 106 points last year. That's 5 and 11 territory, but they won seven. The over under this year in Vegas is seven and a half. And I rushed to make that bet online. Please look at the Raiders schedule and tell me where do you see eight wins? You might say the Carolina Panthers, but it's on the road. You might say the Patriots, but it's on the road. They have the Saints, the Bills, the Bucks, the Browns. They have the Chargers. They got the Falcons. Oh, it's just, it, I don't see the Colts. I just, Dolphins. I just don't see eight wins on the schedule. For the Raiders, so I have Jason. Been, I'm going to jump in one quick, quick, quick question, yeah. which is not related to the Raiders. Um, but the question I have is: You mentioned that there's a lot of road games. We noticed in the NBA because there were not fans there that road and home games oh, wow. didn't mean I didn't as much. I didn't think about much. that. Right. Right. Yeah. You I didn't know, think about so that. Playing a team like playing in Seattle had a you know, play, that was a big deal. Right. If you have Seattle early, they <clears throat> lose, you know, their whatever you want to call it, their 12th man. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious because you, you mentioned because they had these games on the road. Is, do okay. you think do you think it's because they're going to have fans eventually? So or do you deep. think that even playing think on the road that. has advantages independent of fandom? I think it's because of who, in their, who they're playing on the road. Uh, and that 10, that 10 a.m. start, the Raiders aren't always the best at 10 a.m. start. So they, like, they have the Patriots on the road. They have the Browns on the road. I mean, those I mean, the Patriots defense is just, you know, it's still pretty solid. And the Browns is just a talented team. They also have to play the Chiefs on the road, the Broncos on the road, you know, the division games, whatever. Them, uh, you know, I the road, I understand what you're saying about the road, the road uh, teams and games. But I just think the teams they're playing are just better suited to beat them. I think they're just more talented overall. So but you hey, do Jason, make a good point. at the at the end of this, I want to ask you if you're going to do a pick them this year. Because I think this is going to be one of the weirdest years for pickums. Because yeah. you you don't have that default. Oh, I'll take a home team in a right. one point in, in a one point spread or a half point spread. Right. I'm taking a home team because they're going to get you know get things going late. But anyways, we'll right. talk about that later. All right, it's all good. So yeah, I don't see eight wins on the Raiders' schedule. Uh, they had a top ten easy schedule last year. They won, I believe, eight. Uh, this season they have the third hardest. Um, one thing I don't like. Uh, one 
thing I've always said, you know, I, you guys know I like Dave, I like Derek Carr, and I don't like Gruden. Uh, Gruden loves veterans, but I think they're going to suffer for it. I think the Raiders are going to suffer for it later because instead of keeping rookies to develop, they're keeping veterans who, who are going to get old, and they could have been given those roster spots to young New guys regime. to get them ready. New regime, we're you know changing. I mean? New regime, we're changing. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and teams that relocate don't do good that first year. None of them have won, won more than nine games. Um, I like Derek Carr. Uh, I said to no, you guys true. last year, I refused to watch Tennessee games with Mariota quarterbacking. I mean, they gave this guy a thousand chances in Tennessee, couldn't succeed. In fact, his third year in the league, he threw 13 touchdown passes and 15 picks and was still the starter next year. I don't know how that happens. But the Raiders, for the most part last year, either barely won games or they got blown out. Um, they're not going to have games where they're playing against Joe Flacco anymore or Phillip Rivers <laughs> throwing three, three interceptions in one Dang. game. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are still good. The Denver has an improved Man, go to the next roster. <laughs> but but my point it. about Derek Carr, real quick, because I like Derek Carr. I look at his stats to compare it to Brady last year. Um, they're pretty much, if you look at uh, Carr's quarterback rating completion percentage, they were higher than Brady, 70% to 61, and 100 quarterback rating to 88. The yards were the same, and the touchdown interceptions were about the same. Eh. So I don't get the reason why people don't like Derek Carr. If you replace this guy with Mariota, you're going to regret it. We're not doing season. that. You just got to have a backup. Yeah. Next team. Yeah. Uh, next team is the Denver Broncos. <laughs> this team is all about a guy who is not playing, and that's John Elway. Since Peyton Manning signed with the team, these are the quarterbacks that he has trotted out and signed with the Denver Broncos. Brock Osweiler, Caleb Haney, Zach Dyser, Ryan Katz, Kevin Hogan, Brent Renner, Trevor Simeon, Christian Ponder, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Case Keenum. This the John Elway's inability to figure out the quarterback position is actually mind-boggling to me. Somebody he's like Michael Jordan. He's that good, but cannot evaluate talent. As soon as Michael Jordan drafted Kwame Brown and said that Darius Miles was the most talented, could be the most talented and best player in the league, I was done with Michael Jordan as a talent evaluator. And looks like I'm done with John Elway. Uh, I know he has a Super Bowl, so it bought, it bought him some time, but he looks like kind of Joe Dumars when you kind of get lucky that one year and, you know, Carl Malone gets hurt for the Lakers and Kobe shooting fadeaway three-pointers, sabotaging the series from out of bounds, whatever, and it's like, you know, you luck up into a championship, but you're really not that good at your job. You know, Joe Dumars never came close to duplicating that success, and I don't think John Elwood's going to do it either. Pretty much rode a very good defense that doesn't get a lot of credit to a Super Bowl. And, you know, pretty much now Denver's just the average team. Uh, their left tackle is not good. Their right tackle opted out. So that's going to be a problem. I'm not a Drew Locke guy. I think they're going to realize after this year that he's really not that good and can't play. Uh, the only reason I have them higher than the Raiders is because I think Denver's roster is just more talented than the Raiders. That's the only reason. Only reason. Um, in second place, I have the L.A. Chargers. Now, this is a boomer bust team. They could come in second or third. They can flip-flop with Denver, but I'm going to put them in second place. Um, this team always just underperforms, which is why I really don't like taking them. You know, I think I had them in the Super Bowl last year, B. Um, still regretting that one. But, yes, um, you did. Yeah, they always <laughs> underperform. Uh, they were 2-9 and nine in close games last year and had a minus 17 in turnovers, which tied for last in the NFL. Uh, the Chargers always lose games they should win. I mean, one game they had three touchdowns called back, in, I think, in the fourth quarter against the Tennessee Titans. And then Melvin Gordon fumbled at the one-yard line. And they also got a pass interference one game 
against Denver on a Hail Mary. I mean, they just always find ways to lose games, although they, they outgain their opponent in yards. Not like their roster, but I'll have them in second, but I'm not in love with it. Uh, in first place, of course, I'm going to have uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs have, I told you guys a few years ago when Ezekiel Elliott came out that he was going to be my number one pick in the my fantasy football draft. Well, this year, I let go Ezekiel Elliott because my number one pick in this year's draft is going to be Clyde Edwards Hilary from LSU, the running back. This guy uh, fits rookie? in. Yes, this guy fits in perfectly with the Kansas City. I mean, and Damian Williams has opted out. So he's going to get all the carries. I mean, it's a perfect scenario. He probably opted out because he knew he was going to get his position. What's the guy's next? name? Clyde Edwards Hilary. He was a running back for LSU last year. He is going to be, and I've already bet, it was, I bet him uh, when it first came out, the odds came out, it was plus 850 to be rookie of the year. So I put $20 down. I can win 170 like one, yeah. if, he, if he wins the offensive rookie of the year. This guy is going to be a stud in this offense. Um Mahomes contract, I know a lot of talk about that. Pretty much Mahomes just traded two years and $27 million to get 63 mil fully guaranteed with a 12-year commitment. But to be honest with you, Ryan Tellenhill kind of gets a little bit more uh, than, uh, than Mahomes, but it doesn't really matter. Mahomes is going to have a, a pretty decent team based on his contract for most of his career. So good for Mahomes. I think Kansas is still the class of this division, and uh, that's how I got, sh- got it shaken out in the AFC West. All right, I'm going to make this a little less painful for you, Glenn. I'm going to tell you the order of the teams real quick, and then I'm going to tell you what the records are, and and that'll work out. So I'm going to put Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. But I'm going to do that because I have them all with the same record at 7-9. and (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you can look at it. Glenn, they have a legitimate chance of being the second-best team in there. Um, but the, the reality of it is, is I don't think any of these teams are very good. Um, and I don't think any of them are, are going to really do anything. And, and this will speak, I'll speak a little bit more about the chiefs in a moment, but I have all three of these teams at seven and nine Raiders. The relocation thing has just doesn't work out for, for those teams. There's always some type of, of situation. A lot of that has to do with fans because fans don't usually come out for the teams like they normally they will Damn, down we the would line have too. for the we first would have season. Too. And, and I was going to say, and the Raiders didn't have that problem, but they lost that one advantage over what most teams gotten when relocated, when they relocated because of COVID and because they're going to, it's going to be an empty arena. And just what Jay, uh, Glenn was saying, like they would have showed up. That was not the case for Rams their first season. Um, they got, they, they even had a little bit better, uh, a situation because they were going back to a place they'd already been, but they were going back to the Coliseum and people really didn't want to spend money to go watch games in the Coliseum. Um, but anyways, the Raiders kind of lost out on that. I, I don't think that they're particularly bad. I don't think that they're particularly good. They're a boom and bust team. As you said, Jason, seven and nine, there we go. Same thing for the Broncos. Um, I think that they, they, you know, I'm not a big drew lock guy, but they really love them there. Um, you know, they have Melvin Gordon. Now they have some good rookie, uh, rookie wide receivers and Jerry Judy, who I think is actually going to be a very good wide receiver in this league. Um, and KJ Hamler, I think he's, you know, also someone who will be a very solid wide receiver in this league. Not great. And then they have, um, you know, Von Miller on defense. And anytime you have Von Miller on defense, uh, that'll get you a few wins, a few wins being also seven. 
The Chargers, as you mentioned last year, even though I did not like them, I think I had second, I had a, uh, the third worst team in the division last year. Um, and I think I had them at about the same record that I have them this year, which is seven and nine. They actually ultimately did worse. I think that they just have too much talent to, um, to, to be much worse than that. And I think that the greatest advantage that they have is playing in a stadium that has no fans because nobody showed up. I went to the Vikings game and there's everybody in that stadium um, was wearing purple. Uh, and also that little stadium made it even more difficult. If you didn't, if people didn't see a game at the home Depot center while that was last, you missed out because there, you will never ever in a modern stadium have an opportunity to see a NFL team play in a high school stadium. And that's where all the CIF games are played. That's where high schools play. You know, you could throw rocks and, and bottles or whatever and, and hit the players. They were that close, which made it a great fan experience. And unfortunately, none of those fans came out for the Chargers. So the reality of it is they're going to get a little bit better than they did last year. Um, and again, seven and nine. I was just talking about how there's no team that I would pick to go 13 and three. I'm still going to stick with that. I'm calling the, the Chiefs at 12 and four. When I look at their schedule, and I know that they've got six wins against the three teams that I just mentioned, I don't see where they're going to lose a bunch of these games. They have a really big game against uh, Baltimore, which is going to be must-see football. You know, they have a game against the, the Saints, but I think they're a better team than the Saints. But, you know, that's one that they could possibly lose. But I just don't see where they're going to lose four games other than, you know, if I had to pick four games right now that they're going to lose, I'd say the Saints, the Bucks, um, you know, Baltimore, and uh, I'll throw a wild card in there. Uh, let's say they're going to lose one against Falcons or something like that. Point being, I just struggled to find a reason why this team will lose four games. And I'm still going to pick them to go 12 and four because I just don't pick teams to go 12 and three. But this is going to be a really great team when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And also, I'm really high on Clyde Edward Hilaire. I don't think that he is if you're a fantasy football and you're drafting in the first round. I don't think you take him there. Only Jason has the goal to do that for for the record. He is the gentleman who took Nick Chubb his rookie year in the first round. Uh, he got a lot of sideways glances. It ended up paying off to some extent in the year two. But um, so I know that that's something that he's willing to do. But I, I do think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a great running back going into a perfect system. Um, I do think he's going to be a very big fantasy factor. Um, but I also am not trying to draft a rookie in my redraft leagues in the first round. In my dynasty leagues, I'm all in on this guy. Um, I think that he is the kind of talent that is going to, you know, work superbly with Patrick Mahomes for years to come. Um, I don't think that Damian, I, I, I genuinely understand Damian Williams' uh, issues and why he opted out. I don't think it had anything to do with it. Um, he, you know, he gave up a lot of money. Even if he were a backup, he did not get his his money. And um, he also has a year locked into his contract. He doesn't get a contract year uh, towards the uh, to for, towards free agency, which means he's stuck there next year, minus getting cut. So I don't think there was a whole lot of other good reasons for Damian Williams to to opt out, other than his 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 health concerns. Um, but it it does 
if you're a fantasy football player, the one thing you always have to worry about with drafting a rookie is when will they surplant the starter? And Damian Williams was going to come into the starter. You don't have to worry about that. You got Clyde Edwards Flair. Um, and that's, that's great. Um, so I am, I've always been a Tyrod Taylor fan for a backup by week type replacement. His fantasy production is almost always in your high teen points. It doesn't go down. It doesn't go up. I'm not saying you want him to, he's going to lead anyone to a Super Bowl, but as a bye week fill in, his consistency levels are usually pretty high. Um, I like Melvin Gordon just because I think that that offense is going to give him the ball a lot. Uh, not because I think Melvin Gordon is a transitional running back. I think it's just an opportunity. You know, there are plenty of people, Latavius Murray in Minnesota, the year that Adrian Peterson was out, Peterson was out. Like there's just opportunities where you get not so wonderful running backs in really wonderful situations. And it works out for him. I think Melvin Gordon has that in, um, uh, in uh, uh, Denver. One of my picks um, that I really like is Henry Ruggs. The third, I think that he is going to be a very good wide receiver in the league. I think he's coming into a great offense for him. I think he is going to be a PPR fantasy stud. Um, and so if you're looking for a PPR rookie in a rookie draft or, or mid and late draft, who's going to almost certainly outperform his, his draft average draft uh, placement, Henry Ruggs III is that guy. Um, I, think, I think that's going to be something for you to look, look at. Glenn, if you're going to play Madden with your team, learn to run a lot of slot routes. Oh, with that already guy. been doing it. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, he is he is definitely going to be a PPR fantasy stud um, in the years to come. I think he's going to kill me with Ruggs. I don't think so. I think he's okay. a gadget guy for speed, but I know Glenn is going to kill me with no, that guy. Though. If I do what Brian That's said, what I'm telling you. If I do what Brian said and scheme, yes. What I have been doing, it's only Madden only came out Friday, Brian. What I have been doing is putting him on go routes and being like, I'm just going to see, but I'm not going to pass to him. And then he gets one-on-one and I just throw it and throw like half interceptions. I'm okay. just too hyped with the speed. I don't think that his talents lend himself to being a big go route guy, but a slot, a slant across the middle, I mean – like just Jason just said, blazingly he's gadget, fast. He's a gadget, super fast guy who has blazingly solid hands. Fast. Yeah, blazingly fast. So, I mean, the way Madden works, you know what I mean? It's not – that's why I've been throwing picks, right? But if he gets neck and like side-by-side side with your safety and they're already not running full speed, he's out of there. It's a touchdown every single time because you just can't catch him nice. once he's gone. But you're right. When I'm scheming, much better results. So that's cool. All right. Who else you guys got? So – uh Brian, I want you to take the honors of starting the NFC North. This is your division. So I was going to tell you, my feelings are a little hurt that you have the the NFC North as a subpar division to the AFC West when oh, you yeah. didn't pick when you didn't pick anybody. What is this off the? That's real. Just because you liked the Chargers last year, That's you real. decided to say that they were uh, <laughs> you're going to put them there. Come on, man. There's like no. I just picked three teams at seven and nine, and basically said the Kansas City City uh, Kansas City Chiefs have six wins. Inside the division, and you I pick like the them Chiefs as roster. as better. I like the Chiefs roster. I like the Chiefs roster. I mean, not Chiefs, the Chargers roster. Yeah, I, don't I get that, you. but they ain't going to win any lot. games. They're not going to be a better division. They're not going to be, you know. Anyways, oh, that's all right. Well, so yeah. I'll, I'll I'll talk about the NFC North. Um, yep. 
in the bottom, in the basement is going to be the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's not really a shock for, for many. Um, you know, I, I, and it's not that I don't like Matt Patricia or don't think that they, they do it. I, I just don't think that this team organization is built in a way to um, win. And I think it's going to cost, cost Matt Patricia his job. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Maybe he'll go back over to New England when he's done. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford will likely not play a quarter of these games um, because he gets some type of dinged up injury. And that's not to say he's not tough. It's just that he's just one of those guys who's injury prone and it just never works out for him. Um, but uh, anyways, so going back to the, that, I have uh, Lions in, at the, in the cellar. Um, I have them, I'll call it five and 11. Um, they're they're going to scrape together a few wins here and there. And, and um, you know, the, the, that's what they're going to do. So next I have the Bears. Um, the Bears are just, they're just a mess, man. Um, I don't really like Matt Nagy. I think he ruined Jordan Howard's career. I think Jordan Howard should have been a, a, a very, very good running back for years. And they just took the ball and started running all these gimmicks with Tariq Cohen. And, and I, I don't like him, man. Um, uh, and you, you've heard me say before, I don't think Mitch Trubisky as, as bad as people like. He is another guy who, when you need fantasy points, you might want to go to just because he chucks it. Nick Foles, he might as well – is he injured yet? Because we all know what's about to happen. Um, anyways, I like Nick Foles. I think that the quarterback competition is going to speak a lot. I think you can probably get one or two more wins with Nick Foles over Trubisky. Um, but I still have the Bears at seven and nine. Uh, I just don't think that there's – Anything truly impressive about this team, the defense plays well. Um, the offense does not. Um, they always they have Allen Robinson, who was supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in the game and is still considered one of the best wide receivers in the game. And I actually have him on a couple of teams, and he never seems to do to get to that next level. He's a very good wide receiver, and he gets you know enough catches to be a, a PPR factor, and you know, he's he's decent there but he's supposed to be you know in the conversation every year with these these other top wide receivers and he never makes it there um all right here here's where you guys are gonna probably uh have a little problem with what i'm talking about third uh, second place i have the packers um i kind of have them at nine and seven um, I think that they overachieved last year. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers is still doing his best job to alienate all of his teammates. Today, there was a report, a Bleacher Report, talking about um, how he was interviewed and he was talking about how, you know, his, his idea of leadership and how he has no interest at all in being a mentor to, um, to his backups. And I still don't, I still don't, I'm not convinced that him and Matt LaFleur are on the same page. And I just don't think the players buy in anymore. Um, so I think that that's, that's kind of a problem. First, um, I have the Vikings. I only have the Vikings at 10 and six. I have the Green Bay Packers at nine and seven. So I'm not putting a huge separation there. Um, the, the Vikings lost to the Packers twice last season. I think that they'll at least split. 
Um, and that would have been enough for them to win a division last year. I think Dalvin Cook is probably one of the best running backs in the game right now in pure talent. Um, their offensive line last year was abysmal. They've done a lot to try and bring in other players. Um, I think uh, Jefferson is going to be a very solid wide receiver. Uh, we will miss Diggs, but Diggs didn't play that much. So his loss is a talent conversation, not a um, receptions conversation. And so I think that Jefferson and the rest of the team can fill that in. Um, anyways, I have them at 10 and six. I think that might be the, the worst record for a division winner that I have on my, um, on my, my, my list here. Um, but I have green Bay Packers right behind him at nine and seven. And, and then I have the bears and the, the, the lions doing whatever it is that they plan on doing and calling it football. Gotcha. Cool. What you got? All right. So, uh, okay. Just a disclaimer for everybody. Um, the way we're doing divisions from best to worst is based solely on what I think. Brian and Glenn had nothing to do with this. They're just rolling with it. And Brian, you do have a point because when I first laid out the division, I actually had the NFC North ahead of the AFC West. And then I flip flop. They've got two teams that are likely to be in the playoffs. And meanwhile, the AFC West has only one team that can possibly make the playoffs. And they said, I had it at like untrue two teams at the end, but okay. So here we go. So in last place, I got the Chicago bears. Um, the Bears' offensive line ain't good. They were 21st in pass protection, 29th in running block, run blocking last year. Uh, they didn't address it enough in the offseason, and they also got quarterback issues, which we all know. Um, last year, they played two games against a backup quarterback in Detroit, and, you know, week 17, Minnesota pretty much just gifted them a victory. Um, they had no preseason, so I, I think Trubisky would start since they had no preseason. And uh, once they bench him, that's pretty much it for him. And Foles, I mean, I'm not really a – buyer of so i got chicago in last definitely have them uh i think their over under is what eight wins i have them under uh in third place i have the minnesota vikings uh this is the they were the least injured team last year when you look at metrics certain metrics uh but the vikings just have a lot of holes that were filled they're being filled by rookies they're just replacing too many veterans with rookie players and they have no preseason games to even get acclimated to the nfl game uh, you know, Brian, of course, you know, they lost Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, McKenzie Alexander, Linville Joseph, Xavier Rose, and Dayo. Replace you know, it with an all-star from Jacksonville on the line. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, so, you know, this you know, so this includes the top, you know, three cornerbacks they had, the top interior lineman, the second rate, you know, highest graded defender. And, you know, last year, the, the defense for Minnesota, they forced turnovers at a very, very high rate last year. I don't think you, you can rely on that from year to year. Um, but the one guy who I do like from Minnesota, who I liked even before Minnesota drafted, was Gladney. I do like that pick. I think he'll be a Viking for like 10 years. There's another guy who I like that they got. I can't remember his name. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I'm not really too high on. I think that's the other first-round pick or high pick they they, uh, they use on. I just think he's a product of playing with other good players at LSU. Maybe he might prove me wrong, but I kind of like K.J. Osborne uh, from the U who they drafted in the fifth round, who's a really good route runner. I think that'll help uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, and second, I have the Green Bay Packers. I still don't know you what they were doing. you got to be kidding me. I still don't know what they were doing in the draft. Um, their first two picks in the draft were backups. The next pick was a blocking tight end. They spent a bunch of money in free agency last year, so they had to sit out this year, and they did nothing to improve their chances to beat the 49ers, which is what they should have done. Uh, they're not as good as their 13, as 13 wins they had last season. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers' perception is bigger than his reality. 
I remember I told Brian two years ago that GB won't make the playoffs and that Green Bay won't, wouldn't make the playoffs. They didn't, but when we had had this show, I predicted them to win the division. But um, in reality, though, um, Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns are falling. He's getting injured more. He's not winning big games. Analytically, he's dropped five straight years, and this is with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. If you ask me, Rodgers is a part of the problem in Green Bay. Uh, last year, from week eight on, he was the 17th uh, best quarterback in the league, which is pretty average, and he has a personality problem, which you know people pretty much call him out on. Um, Green Bay, another problem. They're bottom third in the league in explosive plays because Aaron won't unleash the ball. And the coach LaFleur has pretty much said as much in interviews. Uh, Aaron throws the ball away a lot. Led the NFL last two years in throwaways. And I think he does that to protect his touchdown and interception ratio. That's just my personal opinion, which is the highest in NFL history. Uh, in first place, can't believe I'm saying it, but this was the hardest division to predict. I have the Detroit Lions. I know last year they were 0-6 in the division. And they played eight games last year with backup quarterbacks. But when Stafford played, his total QBR was the sixth highest in the NFL in the games that he played. And if I would think he probably might double those stats this year. I know his wife had cancer last year, and he still had a great year. Um, the Lions were 3-8-1 in one-score games, majority with backup quarterbacks. Uh, I think Stafford is a good fantasy quarterback for this year. He'll be in the top five in passing yards. Uh, Galladay is a good receiver. They also got Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. They pretty much stole DeAndre Swift, and they have TJ Hawkinson at tight end. So I expect the uh, the Lions to start the season seven and four. Definitely have them going over seven wins and winning the division. All right, folks. Anyone who's listening to this, I just want everyone to remember that this is almost exactly what happened with the AFC West last year. Who was right? Who was wrong? The AFC we West. Are- yeah, last year you had the Chargers uh, going Chargers, to the damn you KC. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And and yeah. so this year, this is the division. It's this time it's my division. Last time it was Glenn's division. Yeah. I have you have the uh, the Vikings near the bottom. I have the Lions at the bottom, the Vikings uh, at the top, and Green Bay right behind them with the Bears in the middle. You have it. I mean, literally almost a flip. Um, the only thing we both agree on is the Bears are going to suck. Uh, oh, wait, Green Bay in second. <laughs> we have the Green Bay in second. We both have that. Yeah. Yeah, but you yeah, so. don't have them as a particularly good team. I have them as a playoff uh, team. No, they have and... playoffs. Yeah, oh, you got to – okay, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, man. There's uh-huh. seven teams this... in the playoffs, so, yeah. Lions, uh, okay. Just, but we, we will definitely be coming back to that one. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know we will. <laughs> I know we will. That's why I wanted you to go first. Wow, all right. Uh, who we got all right. next? Where, where are we at? AFC South. I'll start this one off. It's going to be pretty quick. Uh, Jacksonville is the worst team in the NFL. Over under four and a half. Already bet that under. Uh, it's funny to see. A couple of years ago, they were leading New England in the second half of the AFC Championship. But now they're just getting rid of everybody. And today, as Brian said, Leonard Fournette, they just got rid of him. Um, and they're all pro-defensive linemen, which yeah, went to the Vikings. Right. Went, went to the Vikings. Yep, that's right. Um, they've made eight picks in the top five of the NFL draft. And only three have received a second contract. So that shows you they don't really scout uh, too well when they make their picks. So I have them in last. Um, this actually uh, hurts me, to be perfectly honest with you, because I like Deshaun Watson, but I have Houston coming in third. Um, Watson's going to he's going to be a top he's a top 10 quarterback. I like Watson. He's going to throw for over 4000 yards. But the, Vegas has him at seven, has the Houston at seven and a half wins. And I don't remember the last time a top 10 quarterback in the league didn't win half of their games 
Um, Watson pretty much ran for his life last year and still threw for 34 touchdowns. I think the DeAndre Hopkins trade is going to hurt them. I really think so. David Johnson, his best years have been past him. Uh, Bill O'Brien, I've never liked him as a coach. Uh, They got Brandon Cooks, but this guy has concussion issues. If he has one more, he might have to retire. Um, I saw his over-under for yards. is 850. I would definitely take that under. Uh, They also have another wide receiver named Will Fuller. He's only played 41 of 64 games the past four seasons. So they got fragile wide receivers, and they have David Johnson, whose best days, like I said, are behind them. Um, I have them under seven. I have them going seven and nine. It pains me, but I think they're going seven and nine. Uh, I have Tennessee coming in second. I'm not really too high on them. I just think they got lucky last year. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, um, he, he has to regress. I mean, he he's carried the ball so much, you know, the past. He had over 400 carries last year, and I think 300 sometime before. But um, and I think his production is going to go down about 20, at least 20% this year. And they also lost a starting right tackle, Jake Conklin, who was the sixth best tackle in the league last year. He went to Cleveland. Um, and plus their um, strength of schedule, again, for running backs next year is going to be pretty hard. So I I don't think Derrick Henry's going to come close to duplicating the production he had this past year, have them in second. Uh, I have Indianapolis in first. Uh, Rip, I guess everywhere Rivers goes, I have him in first. But uh, he'll have more protection uh, this year, Phillip Rivers. And the case can be made that the Colts will have the that has the best O-line in the league. But I kind of feel like Rivers might be shot like Eli Manning, but they can't go with Brissett because he proved last year he's, he's not uh, an NFL starter, but probably the best backup in the league right now. Um, you know, last year the Colts was 29th in completion percentage and 26th in yards per pass, and Brissett lost six of his last eight starts last year. So you can't, um, you know, rely on him this year. Lastly, about the Indianapolis, just a fantasy note, every wide receiver to have a 1,000, plus yards with Phillip Rivers when he was in Chargers. The receiver was six foot two or taller. Michael Pittman, who they just drafted, from, I think from USC, is six foot four. So he yeah. could be a sleeper that you can roll with uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. But that's how I have the division shaken out. Yeah, I don't know that uh, that he's much of a sleeper, um, but maybe. I mean, he is a prototypical um, stud <laughs> wide receiver. And I do think that you're you're right there that Phillip uh, Rivers is going to, um, really click with him. All right, let's do this quickly. Jags suck. They don't want to win. They're getting rid of everybody who could possibly help them win. They're going to have, I'm going to put them at four and 12 because just like I don't like to put anyone above 12 and four, I don't like to put anyone beneath, uh, beneath uh, four and 12, but I wouldn't be surprised if they only had one, two or three wins. Um, the Titans and the Colts, I have them at eights and eights each. Um, I think there's a lot of good things. I just think that they're going to, those teams are all pretty much evenly stacked. They're going to beat up on each other in the division. They have a lot of hard schedule games. I think Derrick Henry is going to be the reason that the team is going to have success when it has success. I think Ryan Tannehill is okay. I think AJ Brown is pretty good, but that offense doesn't suit, um, for fantasy because, uh, you know, it's going to be run intensive. And when you get, if you don't get a touchdown from 20 yards out on as a wide receiver, you're damn sure not getting it in the red zone because you'd be insane not to run Derrick Henry um, given his success there. Um, on the the Colts, um, look, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have good stats. He always does. Um, I do think, like you, uh, that Michael Pittman is going to have uh, be a top wide receiver. Along, I, I think that 
the, the days of T.Y. Hilton being, um, you know, the, the right fantasy football option in there is, is, is over. And I think Jonathan Taylor, um, their new running back, is, is going to be a solid play. It hurts me because last year, Mac was, was a guy that I heavily invested in. I thought he was going to have a great season. He did. He actually helped me win championships in a couple of leagues last year. Um, but I just think that he was one of those guys who was in a great situation as opposed to being a great talent. I think Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor has more talent, and I think that there might be some divide. But if you're looking at a dynasty league or trying to go and, and, and predict out years two through five, you'd probably rather have Jonathan Taylor on your team than, than Mac. Um, I have, so I, I was wrong. I have the Houston Texans at top, but I have them as the worst winning record of uh, somebody who's going to win the division at nine and seven. The division is tricky. Like I said, those, those three teams that I have two at eight and eight, one at nine and seven, one in like four, three, two, one. Um, if any one of them were to be the nine and seven team, I wouldn't be shocked, but I have the Houston Texans. Um, I think that they, that they have a lot of things going on. I agree with you that they're going to lose losing DeAndre Hopkins is a big deal, but I also think that Deshaun Watson really is um, a, a once in a lifetime talent or once in a, in a team's generational talent. Um, you know, not saying he's, he's a Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but you know, as, as, as a team, you do not get players like Deshaun Watson every four or five, six, seven or nine or 10 years. I think he's good enough to, to, to take advantage of what I think is a very weak division. I agree with you on where you have this division placed. Um, and, uh, and that's that. Word up. Do we, is that it or is there more left? There is we got one two more. more. Or two more. Two okay. More. Do them fast. Yep. They're both here. AFC East. Yeah. We're at the um, bottom. So yeah. Be quick with the jets. This team is just bad. Uh, Darnold wasn't that good. Last five games below average. His comps for his first two years in the league. It's scary. His comps is Blake Bortles, Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, and Christian Ponder. It's not good. And for those of you playing fantasy, the offensive line for the Jets has five new projected starters, projected starters, which means for a guy like Le'Veon Bell, if you think about drafting, he has a very unique running style where he hesitates and analyzes blocks then makes his cuts. Not being familiar with this new offensive lineman and how they set their blocks could hinder him. Uh, Vegas has him at 875 yards. I think he starts slow and gets under that total. Uh, in third place, I have the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not buying that they're going to win nine games. I have them going way under that. They just have too many people gone. Um, the offensive line coach retired. Uh, Van Noy is gone. Collins, Hightower, Patrick Chun, they opted out. Team has no deep threats, no tight end, and the offense was built for Brady. Uh, you know, this is pretty much going to be a running offense and you know, uh, Edelman, he's never made a Pro Bowl. He let the NFL in drops last year. I just don't like New England this year. I think they're just going to try to get a quarterback the following year. Have them coming in third. Uh, in second, I would love to pick this team to go first, but I'm going to have them in second because I like the coaching staff is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they, Of course, we all know they were bad the first few games. So they started Josh Rosen, who's really not an NFL quarterback, uh, replaced him with Fitzgerald, and they kind of got things rolling. Um, they're eventually going to play Tua. Uh, once they play Tua, if you owe, if you own wide receivers in fantasy leagues from Miami, I'll be scared. Uh, I think they're going to take things slow with Tua, and we all know that the success for Alabama quarterbacks or players in general uh, in the league is just not that high. Uh, Fitzpatrick was the leading rusher last year. That's going to change. They got Breida and a couple other guys. Uh, I think Howard as well, Jordan Howard. Um, 
But um, so we'll see. Devontae Parker, he had a breakout year last year in fantasy, but I think the second half of last year, but I think that's because Preston Williams was out and Fitzpatrick was quarterbacking. So if if, uh, if Tua plays, I think it's going to hurt everybody's numbers across the board. And then first I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, amazingly, last year had no completions where the ball traveled 35 yards or more in the air. Uh, I think that changes because uh, they have Stephon Diggs. So I think they're going to give him every opportunity to prove himself. Um, I love the coaching staff of McDermott and, and defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. I think you're familiar with him, Brian. Um, the over-under <laughs> on Buffalo is nine. And I think it just depends on your feeling with Josh Allen if you take him over or under. I'm going to take him over. I'm going to get him at 10 and 6. And uh, I think Buffalo is going to finally break through and win this division. All right. Real quickly, Jets have him in last place. I still like uh, Le'Veon Bell, though. Um, I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunities and they're going to just try and run him into the ground, try and get some money out of the uh, out of that contract before they eventually cut him. Um, next, I have the Dolphins. I have them there, not because I have a, I don't have confidence in the team or anything like that, but they do not want to try and win this year. They want to give Tua an opportunity to shine and, and be the guy. So as soon as he's ready, they're going to get him in there. That's going to lead to what happens when you put rookies in the middle of the season. They're going to lose some games they probably could have won. So I have them at the middle of the pack, you know, maybe around five wins or so. After that, I have the Patriots. Uh, I agree with you. You know, I, I think they're going to be eight and eight, nine. And, I could get them to nine and seven. Um, and I think that's a lot, has a lot to do with just the other teams in this are not ready to go to that next level. Uh, you want a sleeper pick, take Damian Harris. As uh, Jason was just mentioning, they're going to be a running team. Damian Harris is a real talent. At running back, uh, you're gonna if you're not gonna use them this year, you certainly want them in the year years going forward in in a uh, legacy league. Um, and uh, you can, I, I I never tell anybody to use Cam Newton. I have had him in every every time I've had that guy in fantasy football, he has screwed me over. I don't care who his coach is, he is dangerous. Um, I have the Bills in first. I have him at ten and six. Um, I last year was a huge um, uh, Devin Singletary guy. I'm backing up off of that a little bit because they brought in another running back. Um, so, but I, I still think he is a very talented guy and will, and will give opportunities. Um, Stefan Diggs. I, I suffered with that Stefan Diggs. I think he's supremely talented. I also think he's a complete head case. He is the reason why wide receivers are seen as prima donnas. Um, and that will ultimately lead to, um, probably a, 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 an early exit from that team. I'm not saying it'll be during the season, but I don't see him there long term. I think he's. I think Stefan Diggs is going to be one of those guys who bounces around. Um, you know, the guy was faking migraines, uh, all types of kind of stuff, and and was passive aggressive in all of his of his issues the entire season last week. He's like, oh, I don't really want to be out of here, but whispering to other people, tell everybody that I want out of here. Um, anyways, Josh Allen, as I mentioned. A talented guy, um, high upside, uh, good basement. He's also surprisingly one of the more adept running quarterbacks. People don't think of him that way, but he gets a fair amount. I think last year he was second in rushing touchdowns from a quarterback. Um, and if you have, if you're in a league with standard scoring where you get four points for a passing touchdown and six points for a rushing touchdown, you want guy, obviously, um, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are still going to be better, but Josh Allen is a guy that in a standard scoring league, you can really do a lot of damage with also daily fantasy leagues. Um, if you know, he's someone that you want to look to, uh, because matchups don't matter. His, his, his fantasy production is going to be all over the place and matchups don't matter. He's got a big, a big high ceiling. 
All right, going on to the last one. Okay, Jason. last one. NFC, yeah. NFC East. All right, here we go. So, uh, last place is the second worst team per Vegas, and the second worst team to me to Jacksonville, the Washington team. Uh, drafting Chase Young didn't make any sense because this team has so many holes everywhere else except defensive line. To me, Chase Young is overrated. They'll probably regret that five years from now. Last three games in college, no sacks, eight tackles against guys playing in the NFL. He had absolutely no impact. Don't get it, but whatever. I uh, said last year that uh, Dwayne Haskins got drafted by the wrong team because they were going to play him early. They did. Five of the first seven games, he had a total QBR of less than 20, which is absolutely terrible. Average is 50, a little bit above 50. Um, I think Haskins is not the guy. Uh, they got Alex Smith in there, 17 surgeries on one leg, whatever what's left of his leg. It's a good story. He came back, but they cannot play him. Um, they just can't play Alex. I don't want to see him get hurt again. Uh, for people playing fantasy football, the only person worthy on this team is Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver. Uh, the other wide receivers on the on the Washington team are just not NFL starters. They're they're just bad. Uh, McLaurin will have at least 1,100 yards receiving. I would definitely bet that prop over 1,050 receiving yards. Uh, next in third place, I have the New York Giants. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. Uh, this guy just fumbles when he gets pressured. 11 fumbles last year, led the league, and he didn't even play the entire season. Um, the, uh, Nate, the starting uh, tackle, Nate Soder, opted out. Uh, they got a rookie there. Last year they had an easy schedule. They only won four games. This year they have the second hardest. Uh, definitely taking them under six and a half uh, wins. Uh, in third place and not making the playoffs, I have the Dallas Cowboys. And like I said last year, this team revolves around the success of Dak Prescott. Uh, last eight games versus playoff teams, one in seven, eight touchdowns, nine picks. He's not even one of the top six players on the team, yet he's going to count $31 million against the cap. Uh, no excuse to miss the playoffs with um, Zeke and uh, Amari and that um, offensive line. Um, I don't get the love affair of Dak Prescott and people saying he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Please find me the game. He's actually carried the Dallas Cowboys to a victory. You won't find one. And far as far as fantasy is concerned, Amari Cooper is a guy I would stay away from. Not only he's terrible on the road, but he had six catches in 12 games. He had less than six catches in 12 games last year and was held to under 10 fantasy points in six games. Only finished as a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy four weeks. The other 12, the average he finished was 46. All right, uh, Michael Gallup outscored him last year, the last eight weeks of the season, and CeeDee Lamb is there to take away targets. So I would stay away from uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, in first place, I have the Philadelphia Eagles um, fantasy Purposes, I like Miles Sanders a lot at running back. Uh, they Philadelphia pretty much brings back the team that got injured last year, so I have them winning the division. <clears throat> all right, up. yeah. So, all right, Washington, yeah, they suck. Uh, I feel really bad for Dwayne Haskins because this team is playing for Trevor Lawrence, right? So you have Ron Rivera who's coming in here. He wants to lose games. He, his whole goal is just to clean up the mess that's been there before and figure out how to get Trevor Lawrence. Next, I have the Giants. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is bad. I just don't think he's ready yet, um, and it'll take a little while longer. Jason Garrett is now their offensive coordinator. That should be interesting. Um, and there's nothing particularly great about this. I think Evan Ingram uh, is go uh, the only real big fantasy football player besides Saquon Barkley, obviously. Um, I have Dallas next. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as you think they're going to be. I think Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are going to play well. I think Amari Cooper, because of the opportunity, will have good numbers. 
Um, and I think that they might even sneak into the playoffs. I have them around 10 and six or nine and seven. Um, and then I have the top spot. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, this team can be pretty good. They have lots and lots and lots of talent. Now, here's something I'm going to say. I love Miles Sanders. I think he's a great running back for your team. But I don't think that he's somebody who can stay in, uh, injury-free for an entire season. And my sleeper, this is a deep, deep, deep sleeper. This is not the guy that you want to draft or anything like that. This is the guy you use in that, that 15th pick or into the buy, into the end of the season. Get Boston Scott. That kid's talented. If he gets a shot at playing the game and if he gets some carries in third down situations, he could be very good. Um, so there's my deep, deep sleeper on Boston and uh, uh, Philadelphia, Boston Scott. That's it. Word up. All right. You guys had some good uh, some good insights in there for sure. I um, appreciate the the quick rundown. Well, I shouldn't say quick. We went we went a yeah. little uh-huh. a little lengthy on this one, but um, I think it's good because you get the full breakdown of the, of the league, the NFL. Um, I'm. Personally, opt for the uh, cancellation of the minute to win it, and we call it here in my in my mind. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's do that. That's cool. Appreciate yep. everybody for listening. Thanks for checking into the NFL show. Plenty of fantasy news. Plenty of of uh, optimistic things. If you are not a Raider fan, uh, we'll check y'all in the next one. Peace. Well, like, uh, let me get one in. Let me get one in. <laughs> Go ahead. Two, two players in fantasy: wide receiver Van Jefferson of the Rams. And tight end Dan Arnold for Arizona. You can thank me later. All right. We what, was his, what was his name? Wow. All right. Dan Arnold, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals, and wide receiver Van Jefferson of the LA Rams. Oh, yeah, I forget. And Zach Moss for Buffalo. He's going I like to be Zach there. Moss. I like yes. Van Jefferson. I have never heard of the, the, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Good look. Yep. That's it. <laughs>